Our first reading is taken from 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus Christ, our hope. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus, so you, you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they are so confidently affirm. We know that law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, for adulterers and perverts, for slave drivers and liars and perjurers, for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that confirms the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was showed mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I was the worst. I hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Hear the Lord, hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Reading from Luke's gospel, chapter 17, verses 1 to 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to sin are bound to come, and woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a milestone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. 
This is the Gospel of Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. The disciples came to Jesus and said, Give us more faith. The big question is, what is faith? Today's readings are a little bit heavy, aren't they? That first one was certainly heavy. But I think we need to read everything in context of our lives. You know, life is not easy. We are, I'm, I'm not a blasphemer, I don't think I am a blasphemer. Um, that's, when I read those words out loud, I thought, gosh, that's saying quite something about me. But it was Paul speaking, so I'll clarify that first of all. But we do need to repent before we can seek forgiveness. And we do need to be open to God's word. Now, faith is often talked about when certainly when things go wrong. Certainly within Christian communities, stemming from the examples, deemed as people of faith. Within Bible stories that we read, within Sunday school or study groups. But what does faith really mean to you? To me. I found this image, and it might be familiar to you. A man slipped and fell off a cliff whilst hiking on a mountain top. Luckily, he was able to grab a branch on his way down. Holding on for dear life, he looked down only to see a rock valley some 1,500 feet below. Looking up, it was 20 feet to where he had fallen. He panicked and yelled, Help! Help, is anybody there? Help. And a booming voice spoke up. I am here and I will save you if you believe in me. I believe, I believe, yelled the man. The response, if you believe in me, let go of the branch and then I will save you. Young man, hearing what the voice said, looked down again. Seeing the valley below, he quickly looked up and shouted, you probably guessed it, is anybody else up there? (laughs) Now, how often have we felt like that? I can certainly uh, think of a few times. It's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. It's difficult to believe in something you can't see. Even when faced with life and death situation, But it's living by faith that deepens our reliance on a holy God, trusting that the span of our lives and at times the difficulties we face are in his hands. That doesn't mean there's going to be any supernatural manipulation of expecting a lifetime full of problems or the promise of a zap of magic, the magic wand that will sort out the problem there and then when you cry to God for help. Building faith has to involve a relationship, an element of trust, and of course it's a gift from God. It cannot be manufactured or easily obtained without investment of time, repentance and forgiveness. Really difficult ones. 
So let me explain through that. I was hoping Stephen Taylor was here this morning, but he's not. So I need to find somebody else. Ray. You've got to do anything. Sorry, it's just your name. <laughs> if I had a rugby ball here, which I haven't, but if I did have one, and I gave it to you, Ray, and then I said you'll be playing on Saturday for England against the Springboks, what would you say? Oh, you don't like Japan. <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. Very good answer. <laughs> well, is it possible? Do you think Ray could actually play rugby to that standard? Yeah. Well, any of us, any of us actually, or any of you, I certainly can't. But why not? Because things don't happen like that. Having a rugby ball doesn't mean you can get out there and land the tries first fierce opposition. You would need training and a yearning to deepen the experience, wouldn't you? I don't like rugby. My, all my family do. I don't dislike it, but I don't follow it um, as passionately as what my husband does, certainly. But I can understand when people are interested in sports and passionate about something. I'm passionate about other things. And you probably guess what I'm passionate about. But a few weeks ago, and I want to use this exam- example because it's a really good one. A young woman called Dinah Asher Smith do you recognise that name? You do, do you? She won the gold medal for running 200 metres in the World Athletic Championships. Now, she did begin training two weeks before. She loved running in primary school, they said. And through years of determination, encouragement, and willing to be faithful to her commitment to vigorous training, she overcame tiredness and self-doubt and her ability was rewarded. Now, the Christian journey can be that tough. More so, as it is an inward faith journey, not a seeking a reward. And we're not alone, are we? Many of us struggle with self-doubt or perhaps embarrassment admitting we attend church. Perhaps if we admit we go to church, are we able to talk about our faith to unbelievers? It's hard enough to speak to unbelievers in our family, but how about people outside of our church? You, you are very faithful here, and of course it's the community that I've grown up in down end. But in some places I go to, it's very difficult for people to think outside of their church environment. It's alright to talk about God here, but outside, no. You don't know what expression of, of um, doubt, disgust. All those things happen because I've been in the chaplaincy for many years in the hospital. I know how people treat you, treat us. And so we're going to be contaminated by something. It's really sad. But these feelings can prevent us from stepping out in faith to share the good news of Jesus with others in case we fail and we're frowned upon. And it's not what wanting more faith is all about. Jesus said, increase, the disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith. And they were doing a lot of things, weren't they, disciples? But they still wanted more faith. How would you determine that in your own lives? Is taking one step at a time and not giving up 
at the first hurdle of doubt. As Christians, we have to pray that through God's power, not through our own achievement, that we need God's help to build anything worthwhile in the time allotted to us here on this earth. If I gave a Bible and a cross to each one of you, it doesn't mean you have arrived as a Christian, thinking you can now make all the right decisions and be perfect in every way. Living Christ's way will take us to a lifetime of training and practice, seeking help through prayer when the down times happen. And they happen anytime, in health issues, bereavement, loss of any kind. And then we have to rebuild broken relationships. We need to be able to give, receive, give forgiveness as well as receive forgiveness from those that have done wrong and those we may have wronged ourselves. Even at the end of our lives, we might not have become more Christ-like. It's a tough call. We need to tell God about our frustrations, our anger towards someone, perhaps. We're making tiny steps of faith to begin with, not knowing the outcome, but trusting in something unseen but profound, life-building and eternal. God does not abandon us, and I can speak from experience. We must never, ever, ever give up. I've written on a card on a shelf at home, given to me by a friend at a particularly difficult time in my ministry, to remind me that even though there are times when it seems impossible to have faith that everything will turn out okay, God's goodness and power will and does prevail. To grow that very, very tiny seed of faith that somehow or another is more life-giving I gave a talk a few weeks ago, and some of you might have been here, about my faith journey, connected to my creative journey. And this coincided with me thinking about this sermon for today. I was prompted to think about a lady called Lena, who back in 2000, I visited regularly as my role as chaplaincy visitor in French A Hospital when it was there. This was my early years as a Christian minister. I'd just been licensed as a reader. And our, our encounter became a test of my faith as much as hers. Lena was about 60, a priest, a school teacher, as well as a tutor on my reader training course. she just received a terminal life-ending diagnosis. On our first meeting in the palliative care ward, she explained and exclaimed, I've lost my faith, feeling God had abandoned her at the time of need, saying there was no point in visiting her. What could I say? Words eluded me. I didn't give in. I visited her a couple of weeks later. Now at that time, because of my design work, I was asked to produce a display board representing faith within the chaplaincy in the NHS for a cathedral exhibition. This project took me weeks, working alone, but in a prayerful disposition. They got a very posh one now, sort of produced by the IT department 
but back in 2000, it was photographs put onto a board, and it was a lot of work. With permission from patients, inspired by Lena's idea, I took a photo of Lena holding a palm cross and a Bible, with her words alongside reading, Jesus heals me from inside. This process directed ourselves to seeking suitable verses from the Bible, using her skills and praying together became a remarkable gift from God at a difficult time. What was to become my last visit several weeks later, she held my hand and said, I found my faith again, thank you. I'm not frightened to die because I know God will be with me now and forever. I received a phone call the next day from her friend to say that she'd passed peacefully away. Now faith is something that grows and living Christ's way will take us a lifetime of training and practice. We are bound to make mistakes and get into scrapes of self-doubt, panic along the way. Time spent in prayer is fundamental to to prayer development. To build faith, we need to keep associated with people of faith. And I know you do meet together, you're very faithful on a Thursday morning here, and in Christchurch anyway, very many faithful, prayerful people. And there are where I I worship as well now and serve in the Foomside Benefice. So our participation in the worship and life of the church is really important. When I had time out a few years ago, I could feel myself drying up and keen to join a worshiping body again. That's when we need to keep alert, recognizing that the Holy Scriptures inform and correct our faith. Without it, we tend to have faith in something smaller than God. It could be money, charismatic person, the government. I don't think we've got much faith in them at the moment, sorry. <laughs> but some of you might have. We've got a faith in God that everything's going to turn out all right, haven't we? But something that will and does ultimately disappoint us. The scriptures keep drawing us back to God so that we can develop the kind of powerful faith of which Jesus desired and asked repeatedly, repeatedly from his disciples, increase our faith, increase our faith. Therefore, we grow in faith as we act in faith, because every gift is strengthened by the exercise of it, just like running, being rugby, any other sports, or any other, oh, anything else we do, actually. We have to be, get good if you, if you do sewing. You know, my family say, you know, they can't sew, or even sew a button on, just it's embarrassing, really. But it took me years to be able to sew to the standard that was acceptable to be proud enough to, to see it worn by people in the street, weddings and um, other places as well. I'm not perfect. And by no means, I'm not perfect. But I know we have to work at things that are really difficult for us to do. And so, whether that faith needs to be strengthened by running a country, speaking out on injustice, or climate change, 
coming alongside someone who is facing a really tough time. A person has different views than you might have. It's worth remembering that a person of faith taps into God's power, which makes all things possible. It's not our faith that works these wonders, but Jesus in God, who stands behind us, cheering us on in the power of the Holy Spirit. Cheering us on. It's an awesome experience when you look back and acknowledge it was God working things out in a way that you couldn't have ever imagined. It's these times that increases one's faith. And a final thought. A £20 note is just a piece of worthless piece of paper. Unless it is backed by the full faith of credit from the Bank of England. So our faith is valued because God blesses faith and empowers the faithful. It's truly a gift from God. My faith was just the size of a mustard seed back in 1994 when I accepted Jesus into my life at the Abbey. I've never regretted that step of faith. But my question to you, where do you stand in faith today? Let's have a moment of silence before I finish with a very short prayer. Heavenly Father, the disciples asked Jesus Christ to increase their faith. I pray for this community that we will all be able to increase our faith in that inward, very deep journey that each of us encounters, very unique and special, all connected to you. Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's speak the word.